My name is Sean. I'm here with Cassie. Welcome to episode nine of the postcast. For those of you who are routine listeners, we're going to change up our format today so we can get right into our conversation with special guest, Annika Sorensam. I'm pumped, Cassie. Are you pumped? Oh my goodness. I am so excited. I don't think I slept last night just because I'm so excited (laughs) to talk to her. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) But before we bring her on, let's just run through her resume to remind everyone of what Annika has accomplished. She's arguably the greatest female golfer of all time, having won 93 professional titles. 93. Okay, that's incredible. Nobody's won more. (laughs) Yeah, no one's won more. That's correct. Including 72 times on the LPGA Tour. She won 10 major championships in an 11-year span, is still the only female to shoot 59 on the LPGA Tour, and won eight Player of the Year awards in a 16-year pro career. From 1995 to 2008, Annika had 58 major appearances. She tallied 45 top 25 finishes, 31 of those being top 10s. That's an incredible number. Wow. Yes. It just, yeah, she's just, yeah, like, was she just playing something else? Like, <laughs> I, was anyone else in the field? I have no clue. It was a different course, I think. I mean, so over half of her uh, starts and majors as a professional, she was in the top 10. Wrapping your mind around that is kind of is kind of mind-boggling. She was a three-time AP Female Athlete of the Year. And of course, a, 2000 indu- a 2003 inductee into the World Golf Hall of Fame. And she'll be forever remembered for, uh, in that same year of 2003, playing against the men at Colonial. She missed the cut, but still making her the first woman to play in a PGA Tour event since Babe Zaharias did so in, uh, in 1945. One of the, probably the, the most memorable uh, moment that, that I can recall from, from her career is her doing that. Yeah, absolutely. I remember I remember watching that, and that's like when I was still pretty young. So after retiring in 2008, Annika married Mike McGee, who's now managing director of the Annika brand, and they had a daughter, Ava, who's now seven years old, and a son, Will, who's turning six in two weeks, which is awesome. Very nice. Yeah. Beyond being a wife and a mother, Soren Stam is highly involved in the game of golf, obviously, and for good reason. For one, she is the Annika Foundation, which is embarking on its 10th anniversary and helps provide opportunities for women at junior, collegiate, and professional levels. So that's really, really cool that she spreads out her foundation and allows everyone to get involved with it. She's been involved in the design courses in Estonia, South Africa, Korea, Malaysia, China, Turkey, the Philippines, and Canada. I can't wait till she brings one to the United States. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be that'd be nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, very highly involved in uh, in junior golf as well. Uh, several tournaments that that bear her name, and and of course she's one of the five hosts of the Arnold Palmer Invitational, which takes place next week, and for the first time, obviously, since uh, Mr. Palmer passed away. So we'll talk to her about that, and I'm sure she's going to be very uh, very involved at uh, at Bay Hill next week. Having said all that, we're going to let Annika do most of the talking for the rest of the time. And here's our conversation with the Hall of Famer. And now it's an honor to welcome a very special special guest to the show, a legend in the game of golf, Annika Sorenstam. Annika, thank you so much for joining us today. Sure. Thank you very much for having me. Great. Let's get right into it. There are a bunch of subjects we're excited to talk to you about. But we wanted to start with your involvement in junior golf. You have the Annika Foundation, which is embarking on its 10th year. Congratulations, by the way. That's very awesome. The Annika Invitational. And you've seen so many kids come up through your golf academy, which is another great thing that you do. What sparked that passion for junior golf for you? 
Well, I would say many reasons, uh, but probably the biggest reason is that uh, it wasn't that long ago I was uh, in their shoes. I know what it's like to be a junior golfer and wanna, uh, having big dreams and want to achieve a lot. And, and I wanted to continue to inspire them and motivate them and be engaged and make sure we can grow the game of golf. And, you know, that's my way of saying thank you uh, to golf because, you know, without golf, I wouldn't be where I am. I certainly wouldn't have had the career that I had. So, you know, I find it, uh, to me, it's just, uh, you know, they give me a lot of energy back. So it's been a lot of fun. You know, our foundation is now 10 years and uh, we have achieved a lot in these 10 years. I'm very proud of it. And certainly we continue and look forward to the next uh, 10 years, what we can do. Monica, you give a lot of junior clinics. Uh, you gave one at the uh, the PGA show, the demo day, and there's a there's a particular story you like to tell when you're hitting when you were hitting balls as a kid, and and you called your dad to to pick you up after it started raining. Um, can you can you share that story with our listeners? Uh, sure. Yeah, I was. Uh, it was. Some, I think I was around 15 years old, and I was hitting golf balls, and it started to rain, and. I didn't feel like being out there in the, in the cold and, and the wet conditions. So I called my dad and, and he picked me up. And, you know, as we drove away, we could see that there were some other kids on the range hitting balls. And my dad, who's been very supportive throughout the years, not pushy by any means, but always supportive. And but when he did say something, I kind of listened because I knew it was important. And he turned to me then when we were looking at these juniors hitting balls in the rain and he said, Annika, I just want you to know that there are no shortcuts to success. And I remember those words, even to today, how, how true they are, how important it is. If you're going to achieve something in your life, you've got to work hard, whether it's raining or windy or things are going your way or it seems very tough, very challenging. You know, you never get better unless you um, handle the challenging situations. So it was a lesson learned and certainly something that, you know, I live by in, you know, on a daily basis. Wow, that's a great story and some really awesome words from your dad. So obviously you had the advantage of great parental support and obviously a father who said the right things at the right time. But some parents can push their kids way too far to the point where they start not liking the game. You're a parent now. What advice would you give to parents of a younger player today to make sure you encourage the junior but don't push them too far? Well, it's interesting. I mean, because, you know, throughout the years, I've seen a lot of different parents and I've seen a lot of different parenting uh, roles and tactics, how to get their kids to play. And But number one is I think the most important thing is you have to look at your, your child uh, in, you know, in an individualized way. Uh, kids are very different, just like humans. We're all very different. We have different needs. We have different desires. And, you know, we learn different and we uh, get information differently. We process things differently. So, you know, if you have a, a, a daughter or son and you want them to play golf, I think number one is, you know, they need to want to go out there. Uh, like anything, you can't really force anybody to do anything because it's not going to last very long. Uh, it needs to be for the right reasons. They need to enjoy it. They need to maybe have a passion for it. And, you know, for them to have fun on a golf course is to associate fun things, you know, whether it's hitting balls. Some kids just love to hit balls. Some kids love to putt. Some kids want to have a little, you know, playing momentum in between, you know, grab a, maybe a soccer ball with you and let them kick the ball once in a while or give them an ice cream and encourage them, maybe play little competition or bring some friends out there with them. And, you know, girls are very different than boys. A lot of girls wants to have kind of a uh, companion. They want to have a girlfriend so they can talk and chit chat and have fun together. Boys, a lot of times can just, they want to hit it hard and hit it long and, and let them do that. Let them experiment. Don't get in there and, and try to have them have the perfect grip and the perfect, you know, setup at an early age, because when they get too much instruction, 
some kids just said, hey, you know, this is no fun. I can't be myself. And so I think you have to find a balance where you certainly respect the rules and the tradition of the game, but also let some of that youth in and let them have fun. Because next time they think of golf, you want them to think, wow, I can't wait to go there. So again, trying to find an individualized method, but then also, you know, just kind of let them be kids. Annika, do, uh, do Ava and Will play or are they more interested in other things at this point? Uh, Ava is uh, a little interested in golf. Will, our son, the youngest, he's not so interested in golf. So, you know, I take him out on the course and they like to play the course more than they like to be on the range and the putting green. So, you know, we live right by golf course. We would sneak out, you know, an evening here and there and just uh, the four of us and you kind of goof around and the kids love that. They get a chance to drive the cart or, you know, anything that just makes them have fun. You know, there's nothing serious about it. And, you know, like we mentioned, I've seen a lot of different styles. And I mean, the last thing you want is, is somebody to not enjoy the game. And, and so you have to find that balance where you support them and encourage it without really being pushing and being annoying. So, but again, my kids are only seven and five. I think it's different. Maybe if you have a a teenager that doesn't really know what they want to do, you know, encourage them to play and find friends around it. Uh, but, you know, don't put pressure on them to, you know, hit X amount of drives or make them X amount of pots to be able to, you know, to have dessert or anything. Pressure like that normally times normally doesn't work. Annika, you'll be a parent of, uh, of a different kind of sorts this August in, in Iowa when you captain the, uh, the European Solheim Cup team. In an event like that, how do you keep the, the competition exciting without kind of crossing the line of, of good sportsmanship and having controversy be, be one of the main headlines of the event? Well, there's no, it is never fun when controversy is part of the headline. So, you know, I think sportsmanship and fair play comes first. There's always should be, a, you know, priority on that. As far as keeping the tournament exciting, I don't think we have to worry about that. You got the best uh, female golfers in the world playing against each other. Uh, in a fun format. And uh, this only happens every other year. So there's no doubt that uh, in August in Des Moines Country Club, we will have a ton of people watching. This is probably the biggest platform of women's golf. So I'm not so worried about that excitement. Uh, It it will be a lot of fun. I'm certainly excited about it. I know the players look forward to it. It's, uh, you know, most of them, it's the number one goal is to make the team. So it's uh, going to be a lot of fun. For some of the younger players like Charlie Hall, who, you know, will possibly be on the team for you, how do you help them manage their emotions and not get too high or too low at a Solheim Cup? Well, somebody like Charlie Hall, I mean, she is just a, a wonderful player. I mean, she has done so much at such a young age already. And, uh, you know, I, the first time I met her was actually in Colorado in 2011. So, you know, here we are uh, a few years later. I mean, she is... Uh, really, uh, as she said, 2013. And, uh, you know, she's really grown up and done well for herself. But, you know, either player, you know, whether they're a veteran or they're a rookie, you know, during the week of the Soham Cup, there's emotions are really running high. And, and, you know, obviously the key is to keep them all in check and making sure that they feel that they have an atmosphere that can play the very best where they're relaxed, but still they're very, you know, kind of excited and and have that adrenaline pumping it's very important i think for other players to share their excitement with each other and bring each other in and and really get that team spirit so i think atmosphere is really important and uh but again everybody's so different you know you got to make sure that they can all be themselves and play at the very highest 
the 2015 event in Germany was extremely exciting with the Jurina Pillar making that that crucial putt and uh, a, a close competition. I'm sure it will be again in, in Iowa. Annika, next week will be an emotional one for, for all of us in the golf industry when the when the Arnold Palmer Invitational is played for the, the first time without Mr. Palmer with us. As one of the five hosts of the event, what will you be doing and, and what will it mean to you to, to be a part of this? Well, first of all, it's just an ex- extremely honor to be part of this event. And, you know, I was fortunate to get to know Mr. Palmer uh, the last uh, 10, 15 years ago, um, more from a you know personal perspective than golf because, you know, both our children were bo- born at Whitney Palmer Hospital. So we kind of got that emotional connection. So to be part of it is really going to be uh, special. And, you know, I know that this year without him for the first time, you know, it's going to feel very differently. And, uh, you know, obviously the goal is not to kind of fill his shoes. The idea is to continue to live his passion and, and uh, you know, show respect to him. So they have a lot of different activities planned. I know it's already starting on Saturday with volunteers and then leading into Monday. And then Tuesday, I believe we have a parade for, uh, you know, the charity parade with different events around it. And then on Wednesday, there will be some ceremonial shots hit on the driving range and some in a statue unveiling so i think it's going to be very nice i mean i think they've found a good balance where you know still very classy and hopefully you know players will uh, respect this and uh you know really be show their gratitude how you know how much he did for the game and and you know we have to support this as a new generation but uh you know that's what makes golf so special i think we still have history and tradition and we got to continue to live up to that an eight-time winner of that event, Tiger, will or will not be playing. It's really unknown when we'll see him again. You've retired in 2008 under much different circumstances than Tiger faces now, but how do you know when to retire, and what advice would you pass along to him right now if you could? Well, you know, I, you know I'm not, um, not really in his shoes. I, um, you know, for me, I was just listening to my heart. I mean, my heart and my mind, I would say, both of them together, literally just told me it's time, you know, it, I was, I was very pleased and satisfied with my career. I knew that, you know, winning another golf tournament wasn't going to change my life. And I had started to think about other things to do. And, and my mind wasn't as focused as it used to be and what I think needs to be if you're going to be at the top. So, you know, I felt very satisfied with what I've achieved and very pleased with my career. So for me, it just kind of happened naturally. I mean, it wasn't something I just planned. I mean, I planned my farewell party, but I didn't plan that I would have those feelings. And I think for anybody that plays, plays sport or even in, you know, in a business career is, you know, when you feel like the desire is not there, that the motivation is not there, you know, you're playing for the right reason. What is it that motivates you? I think you have to be very honest with yourself, look in the mirror and, and, and say, is this the right time? And, or do I have other interests? And I think in Tiger's case, I mean, he's had a tough time the last few years with injuries and, you know, several setbacks and, you know, I have no idea what his status, uh, physical status is, and but I do know what it's like to play with an injury. It's very, very difficult. And uh, even though, knock on wood, mine, you know, was not as severe as his. So, you know, but it seems like he still has a desire. He still loves the game. And you can't take that away from anybody. So you just, people are very different. And, uh, you know, so, you know, the advice I have is, you know, obviously golf uh, misses him. He's been wonderful for the game. A lot of us are very thankful for his done. And, but he's got to go about it the way he needs to go about it. And hopefully he can do it in the way he wants to do it. 
He's always worked very hard in the gym, and and so did you during your career, and so do so many players now. That's a, an aspect of the game that's really changed in the past 20 to 30 years of players putting in so much time in, in the gym. Do you think players can, can possibly overdo it at, at this point? Oh, of course we can overdo it. Um, I think you just have to do it right, and uh, you know, moderation is always a good thing. <laughs> and I think when you talk about working out especially, you have to you know, it's a long-term process. You know, you can't just go in the gym for, you know, a few months and think that you're, you know, that you're ready. I mean, it's, uh, you know, my workout routine, you know, took me took me years to get consistently stronger and better and, and all the things I was trying to achieve. And I think finding, you know, a combination of where you work out a little bit in the morning, you know, play some golf. So you have that interaction and because a lot of times when you start lifting weights, you know, some people can feel the soreness and they feel, you know, uncomfortable over the ball. But if you continue to swing, it shouldn't be a problem. And I, I do think that working out is is really key for you. But again, doing it right, but, it, you know, it prolongs careers. It certainly helps you with, you know, mobility and flexibility and, and you know, club head speed with getting some more strength in your body. Then you can get some more power. So. Uh, I, it certainly changed the game. And, you know, for me, it was nice to get away from the golf course and, and get in the gym and kind of re- not relax, but you know I mean, put your mind on something else. So it's, it is, it, the game is changing, but, uh, you know, it's towards the better. I mean, look at other sports. There's always been part of other sports to go in the gym and get stronger. Right. I think we would have to agree with you on that. Once you get to the gym, it clears your mind and you don't think about the golf course. You don't think about anything. You just focus on your workout and just clear your mind. Annika, one last topic before we let you go. We wanted to get your thoughts on the new rules proposal that was unveiled last week by the USGA and RNA. Was this the step in the right direction for these two organizations? I Absolutely. I think anybody who plays the game of golf, you know, the rules book would scare us. It's, first of all, it's too thick to even to, under, to go through and too difficult to understand, even if you open the page. So, you know, to simplify it, to make it more, you know, understandable and more translated into different languages it's 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 a lot easier and um i think just to you know a lot of them make make sense common sense you know to be able hopefully to speed up play which i think is a big issue and um but also to kind of give the player to trust the player's integrity uh, a little bit more that's what makes golf so special, I think. So, you know, this is still a process, as everybody knows. This is just the beginning, proposed ideas. Maybe not every idea would is, you know, liked by everybody. But uh, everybody has a chance to voice their opinion and um, fear of, of getting comments. So, absolutely, this is the right um, move. And nice to see that the USGA is, is, has taken this on and understand that we got to play a game where we can understand the rules and not be afraid of them. So yeah, I applaud <laughs> them for that. Is there any rule not mentioned in there that you would like to see implemented or, or maybe the opposite way around a rule that has been proposed that you uh, propose that you don't really uh, agree with? Well, I mean, I, you know, overall, I, I do think that uh, removing players from lining, uh, caddies from lining up players is a good thing to remove. I um, I personally took advantage of that, but I I never really <laughs> thought that I never really thought it was a fair thing to do. I think as a player, you should be able to line up yourself. So I think that's a good one. I do, you know, tapping down spike marks, you know, is always a fine line on the punting green. But also, you know, why should you, as a group behind, you know, maybe not have smooth surface as somebody else? So 
I, I like that rule, you know, interesting to see uh, having, if you play and you can still leave the flag in, you know, the, the flag in the hole. That's an interesting rule. I never really thought about, but of course, uh, moving a little faster. I think that, um, you know, maybe something that you could maybe talk about is, you know, you end up in a divot, you know, in the middle of the fairway, you know, that could be something to uh, be discussed. It is not being brought up. It was not one of the changes, mm-hmm. you know, but also, you know, Again, where, where where do you start? But I also think that that's very that's very similar as you know tapping down a spark mark. I mean, why should you end up in somebody's divots if they didn't repair it, which you really should? So, um, but you know, again, it's not um, they're not big details; it's just small details. Monica, thank you so much for uh, for joining us, and and good luck next week at Bay Hill. Thank you very much. It should be great. Thanks for having me, Cassie. That was awesome just getting to pick her brain and some of the things that she said about the rules and about parenting and about tiger i really enjoyed that conversation i have no words but i also have so many words <laughs> like that was that was awesome honestly from her talking about the story with her dad in the rain and how there was no shortcut to success i mean she still uses that quote today i'm going to start using that quote today um from tiger you know, we talked, we asked her about Tiger and how she knew when it was time to retire. She said she had to follow her heart and her brain. They had to tell her at the same time, you know, they had to come together at the same time and tell her like that was her time. And that's got to be so hard to do as a professional, anything, not just a golfer, you know, for a hockey player, or a football player. I mean, that's got to be really hard to do, especially so early in her career, you know? Yeah, especially when you're at the very top and you're dominant, yeah. you know? It's kind of like Lorena Ochoa. She was 28 and, and decided right. to retire. That's a tough decision to make. Yeah, and then then when she talked about the rules and how, you know, before the USGA and RNA came out with these proposed changes, it was so hard to read the book. You didn't even want to open it. But now they're putting more trust in the players. And she mentioned divots and how maybe that could be one of the rules changed. Like maybe... You know, you can get a free drop. Like, why should you end up in someone else's divot when they didn't repair it? But, you know, you're kind of comparing it to a spike mark, too. It's I I found I found that fascinating. I talked to Jack Polterak this morning, and Jack is the director of rules for the uh, Florida State Golf Association. And I asked him that exact question about divots in the fairways. Why wasn't that brought up in the rules proposal? Like Annika says that, you know, that that possibly should be brought up. And he said it's tough to determine what is a divot in the fairway and whether it's just, you know, a, a grass filled divot or a sand filled divot or where it is. And the USGA and RNA kind of just put up their hands and say, hey, we're just going to let you play the ball as it lies from, from, from anywhere. You're not going to get relief. But maybe with enough support from, uh, like Annika was saying, everyone can chime in on this. So maybe mm-hmm. with enough support, people are going to bring that up and maybe they will uh, take another look at it. Yeah, but I mean, she was just phenomenal to listen to and just hear her stories and hear her advice and hear everything she had to say about the game of golf. Yeah, a legend in the game of golf. I mean, in my opinion, the greatest female golfer that that has ever lived. And I think many people would agree with that, wouldn't you? Hands down. No no question about it. Yeah, and maybe the most influential in addition to the the greatest as well. So um, a a pleasure to, uh, to speak with her. And now, Cassie... This is the part where it's just you and I. Now it's like, it's so yeah. boring now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why, why would anyone listen? 
<laughs> but we'll no. Everyone should stay on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Stay on, please, please, please. <laughs> we'll, we'll, conclu- beg, we'll beg you. <laughs> exactly. We'll conclude uh, today's episode by running through the winners of last week, next week's schedule, and of course, bingo, bango, bongo for the uh, for the Valspar Championship. So uh, wow. let's let's get right into the uh, winners of the week. Yeah, let's get right into it. I mean, the golf Thursday through Sunday at the WGC Mexico Championship was just phenomenal, Tremendous. wasn't it? Like I literally couldn't take my eyes off of it. Awesome. It was so it was so good. Um, but in the end, it was Dustin Johnson cementing his name as world number one with the victory. He had a lot of pursuers in Justin Thomas, Phil Mickelson, Rory McIlroy, Tommy Fleetwood at the end. But it was DJ who held on for the title. And what a debut for the championship. I mean, it really doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, that course played only about 6,300 yards when you account for the, uh, the, the high elevation in Mexico City. And even at that, that, that low yardage, it still was a tough test. I mean, a lot of these players finished the tournament over par. And, uh, and Dustin Johnson was only 14 under. And uh, it was a tough test for everyone. John Rom had an opportunity there late, squandered it on 16 and 17. I'm sure we will see plenty more of, of John Rahm in the, in the years to come. At uh, the HSBC Women's Champions, MB Park put on a putting clinic, per usual, of course, edging out Area Jutanagarn by one stroke over in Singapore. Park shot a final round eight under 64. Um, she just keeps on going. I don't think there's any end to, uh, speaking of retirement, I don't think there's any end to uh, NB Park's career anytime soon. Just when you thought she was done with the wrist injury and, you know, everything that came about it afterwards, nope, she just comes back and dominates. <laughs> I mean, just dominates the putting greens, honestly. The European Tour had the Shawani Open this past week, and Dean Burmeester won that with the final round six under 65. Uh, he won by three shots over Finland's Miko Korhonen and Spain's Jorge Campillo. Burmeester uh, finished with a 72-hole total of 18 under 266 for his first European Tour title. Charles Schwartzel won that event last year, and he was not there to defend. He will be there to defend, however, this week at the Valspar, which he won last year in Tampa. And uh, so it's interesting this this uh, year with the schedule the way it is, Cassie. Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson not playing any of the three events in, in the Florida Swing. And that includes this week in Tampa at the uh, Valspar Championship. However, Justin Thomas, Henrik Stenson, a couple of those who will be there. Always a, a, a tough test on the Copperhead course. Cassie, side note, I, I just bought a townhouse here down in Florida, and I'm using Valspar paint solely based on the fact that they are sponsoring this tournament, and I don't know any other paint companies. <laughs> well, what do you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what are the chances? I hope you picked out some good colors. Then. Oh, yeah, yeah. They had the little chameleons, and they changed color, and I like the commercial, so that's, how, that's why I went with it. Oh, very nice, very nice. The European Tour hosts the Hero India Open this week at DLF Golf and Country Club in New Delhi, India. Rafa Cabrera Bayo and Peter Uline and last week's runner-up Jorge Campillo all highlight the field this week. Absolutely. And uh, no LPGA, no Web.com Tour, no Champions Tour. So we have a relatively light slate this week on uh, on the professional golf world. So we will go right into Bingo, Bingo, Bongo. Last week, of course, was the WGC Mexico Championship down in, uh, in Mexico City. I had Henrik Stenson to win, and apparently he ate some bad food on Wednesday and decided not to play. So I didn't even have a chance this week. 
Not good. Not good. <laughs> uh, I had Martin Keimer to win. Uh, he finished T23, but still didn't get it done for me, unfortunately. But what, what can you do? What can you do? I had Johnny Vegas to be my sleeper. He finished tied for 38th. So just kind of a oh. so, so, uh, so, so yeah. finish there for, uh, for, for Johnny. Yeah, just inside. What was it? The top 40, right? We had. Well, we had uh, to, to be outside the top 40. Right. As, as our yeah. as our pick, but no no blood there for me on the uh, on the Vegas pick. Okay, I had Patrick Reed outside the top forty, and he finished T sixty one. So some somehow I picked that one right. There you go. And I, I had I had Brooks Kepka to finish outside of the uh, out of the top forty, and he finished tied for forty eighth. So I think we're uh, we're we're even this week, I believe. Who who is your sleeper? Tommy Fleetwood. Oh I, man, I'm, I'm not we gonna are lie. not even kinda, this week. <laughs> I was kind of rooting for him. I don't know if I'm allowed to do that, but I was rooting for him a little bit. <laughs> Why not? Man, yeah. he made that amazing putt on 18. Oh. What a final round he had. Almost won the tournament. Almost won the tournament. I thought maybe a playoff. I would have been happy with a playoff, but that's all right. DJ cemented his name as number one. Tommy, I mean, at least Tommy got his name out there like I said he would, so... Absolutely. So that's a that's a top five, well, top three finish for for you. That's three points. So I'm at nine for the for the year. You're at seven. Of course, I had that big uh, Ricky Fowler win at the Honda Classic. So that's what's uh, keeping me afloat so far. But uh, but moving on to the Valspar Championship over in in Tampa. Not a great field this week, but still some guys who uh, who have a lot of talents and a lot of name recognition. I'm going to go with Daniel Berger to win. He was T11 last year in Tampa, played fairly well last week in Mexico. He's a, a Florida guy, a Florida State Seminole, so maybe a chance for him to win this week. Very nice. I'm going to go with Bubba Watson. Mm. Uh, T38 last week. He's back in his home state. Let's see if he can get something going. When he wins early, he wins, I feel, a lot more throughout the year. He plays a lot better throughout the year, so uh, an early-ish win will do him well. I like that pick. I like it a lot. I'm going to go with Nick Watney as my sleeper. Cassie, he missed pretty much all of 2016 after having a, a back injury. And he's been playing some tremendous golf recently. His last three starts have yielded three top 30 finishes, a couple of T14 finishes in there. All of this after coming off that tough injury. So I'm going to go with Nick Watney in Tampa. I picked him earlier in the year as my sleeper. So that is definitely not a bad choice. Um, I'm going to go with Lee McCoy as my sleeper this week. And if you guys don't remember Lee McCoy, he finished T4 here at um, the Valspar Championship last year. Um, he's a really young player coming out of the University of Georgia, those Georgia Bulldogs. We keep, <laughs> we keep talking about them, but they produce some really good players. Um, he got into a car accident, though, last year and had to sit out with a um, for a few months due to a wrist injury, but he's back and ready to go. So I want to see what he can do here again this week and hopefully get some more starts on the PGA Tour because he is a very good player. He's scrawny. He's scrappy. I really like him. But you should also be very excited to see some other young players this week. And let me just name off a few of them. Bo Hostler's in the field this week. You may remember him from the NCAA championships last year. Um, do you remember he dislocated his shoulder? And how painful that was to watch. If anyone remembers that, yeah, that was, Texas had to play with four players yeah. in the uh, in the championship. Yeah, so now he's embarking on his pro career. So he's really um, someone to keep an eye on. Jimmy Stanger is in the field. He's a senior at the University of Virginia. He'll, you know, he's a possibility to make the Walker Cup team this year for the United States. So he's another one to watch. And finally, Zach Wright, 
who won the Valspar Intercollegiate last year to earn a spot in the field this week. He graduated from LSU last year. He's starting his pro career. So just a few names to keep on your radar for promising young pro careers. Great young talents there. Cassie, one of the things that always mesmerizes me is how these players, like Lee McCoy last year, played the Valspar and then drove and played 36 holes in a college tournament the next day. That just amazes me. The same thing with the young man over at Pepperdine, who played in the Genesis Open, went right out and then played in the college tournament. I I believe he he won the the tournament. So he did. uh, He did. He did did win. (laughs) Incredible, incredible stuff to be able to just jump right from PGA Tour competition into you know playing college tournaments. I I guess uh, you just have the momentum and you carry it with you. Yeah. And how much confidence does that give you? Like you're playing against the pros, you do, you know, you play pretty well and then you go play in a college event and you're like, oh, I can win this thing. No problem. <laughs> and he does like hey. pretty incredible. Not, not bad. So I'm going to take an interesting twist. I'm going to take Bubba Watson to miss the cut. Ooh. Ouch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, he missed the cut in Phoenix. He didn't play well last week. Um, I know he's a Florida guy, but I'm going to take him to, uh, to miss the cut. So, uh, that's going to be an interesting dynamic to see how he plays this week. Yeah, that that will be interesting. So I'm taking Henrik Stenson to miss the cut this week. I, it's just not going right for him <laughs> yet. I don't I don't know what else to say. I mean, he had that flu last week. I don't know what was in his system. Maybe he bounces back this week, but I I don't know. I just can't see him playing well this week. I think the water is safe to drink in Tampa as opposed to uh, to Mexico. <laughs> we we hope, right? We hope. We hope. A few people had stomach issues last week in, in Mexico. Other than that, a tremendous debut in Mexico City for them. Absolutely. Um, that's all the time we have left today. I mean, we got through a lot. Annika was just incredible. I, I don't know what else to say about her except that she was incredible. <laughs> um, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search Global Golf Post. And, um, yeah, follow us there, and we'll give you all the golf news you need throughout the week. Visit GlobalGolfPost.com, and until next time, for Sean and I, hit them straight. See you later.